0: Hi, well it's really great to be with you, though unfortunately not in person on this occasion because Deborah and I will be in Swansea this weekend at Life Point Church. And for those who I've not met yet, my name is David, David Lyon, and um, I'm really, really excited, really, really anticipating something great as I welcome you to our new mini-series which we're giving time to over the next four or five weeks right at the end of this year. We've called it his house, our home. And our aim is to look afresh at some of the really vital aspects of our foundations together as a church. There's a brilliant um, story in Genesis 28 and uh, many of you will know it. It's uh, the story of Jacob having a dream, a very famous dream. And in it he sees a stairway connecting earth to heaven And he sees angels descending and um, ascending on the stairway. And uh, the Lord promises him in this dream that his offspring will multiply and spread out and that they will be a blessing to the whole earth. And God assures him that he's with him and he will not leave him until all those promises have been fulfilled. It's a fantastic dream. And when Jacob uh, wakes up, he realises that the Lord is present in that place. He says, what an awesome place this is. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gateway to heaven. Now, in the New Testament, uh, it's clear that this this house is fulfilled in the church, that the church is the fulfilment of these pictures and these promises. When Jesus said he would build his church on a rock-solid foundation in Matthew 16 he wasn't describing a physical building and then Paul tells us in Ephesians 2 that as God's people we are being built together to become a house in which God dwells by his spirit I just like to read those verses it's Ephesians 2 17 to 22 Paul says when Christ came He proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access uh, by one Spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints, and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself, as the cornerstone the whole building is being fitted together in him and is growing into a holy sanctuary in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for God's dwelling in the spirit Jesus is building a house in which he is going to dwell by his spirit and that house is the people of God he's building his church and she is his body She's his bride, she's his gateway through which earth will connect with heaven. She is the dwelling place of his spirit and through her, as God promised to Jacob, the whole earth will be blessed. This is his house and she has already become the home of millions and millions of people. Now we want Living Rock to be a faithful, vibrant authentic expression of what Jesus has in his heart for his house and we hope that it will be not just a secure home for you and your family but a home for many hundreds of new people over the coming years. These really are significant days for us to be alive and joined together. Something profound is happening. There is a thief who seeks to steal and kill and destroy. But the church that Jesus is building will never be overcome, as he promised when he said he would build his church. And so all over the world today, in the midst of great challenges and great need, millions of people are deciding to follow Jesus and are experiencing peace with God and a brand new start as they begin to live the life that he always intended for them. Jesus described this as being born again. And when we're born again in this way, as he describes in John 3, we are radically transferred out of our old way of life, which Paul calls the domain of darkness, and placed securely in the kingdom of his son. Colossians 1 verse 13. God's kingdom, in which Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. The kingdom of God, we often describe it, define it as as being the rule and reign of God in action, the dynamic ruling of God. And it exists wherever his will is done, here on earth, as it is in heaven. Jesus taught us that in Matthew 6, when he taught the disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer. And so when we begin to follow Christ, we surrender our lives to his rule and his reign, and he becomes our king and our Lord. And this changes absolutely everything. We become citizens of this new kingdom. And it's the most profound and radical shift that could ever happen in our lives. When everything else is shaking, the kingdom of God remains unshakable. Hebrews 12. And that's why the kingdom of God is, as somebody once so brilliantly said, God's total answer to man's total need. Now, if you think about this dramatic change out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God, it's really the result of two conversions. The first is really personal, and the second involves our relationship with others. The first and personal conversion is described in Acts 2, verses 36 to 41. Uh, Perhaps you could turn there, Acts 2, 36 to 41. It says that, Um, Peter finishes his his preaching on the day of Pentecost. He says, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what must we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit this promise is for you you and your children, for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And it says, with many other words, he urged them, uh, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. And verse 41 says that those who accepted his message were baptised, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. So that's the, that's the, the first conversion, that's the personal conversion, that's that's where we are born again as we are uh, transferred out of that domain of darkness into the kingdom of God. But the second conversion is, if I can say, it's the corporate one. It's, the, it's described in the following verses where it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And fear came over everyone, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together. They were together and they had everything in common. So they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex. And they broke bread from house to house and they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favour with all the people. And and every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. They're really familiar verses to, to so many of us. And what we're reading about here is the life-changing way in which these 3,000 individuals ceased just to be part of the crowd and came to share their lives in such a way that they became a harmonious, unified, powerful, fruitful, grace-filled community. The world's first spirit-filled church. This is his house. And it quickly became their home. Now at Living Rock, we explore these two conversions in our Rock Solid and Belonging courses respectively. And many people participating this morning will have attended these courses as part of joining our church. Though for many, it will have been a long time ago. God wants all of us to experience the security, the confidence, the liberty, the peace, and the joy of being part of his house. And he wants us to be at home In a church family where we can find our place and play our part where we can be supported and encouraged to grow in our faith the real church is never a building or even a meeting it's a body of people we're part of and God wants you and I to be participants not just observers or onlookers the church needs you as much as you need the church so over these next uh, few weeks We're gonna be looking at different aspects of these things. First of all, at leadership in the church, the ways that God cares for his people and equips us to grow in our faith. We will consider the differences between the gifts and of government. We'll look at the work of the Ephesians four gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And we'll look at the task of the elders and deacons. And we'll look at the way each part of the body is equipped to play their part. We're going to dispel some myths, and I trust we'll help you function with real confidence. And then secondly, we look at some important aspects of stewardship, the way in which God entrusts us with his resources and his riches. We're going to talk about generosity, about tithes and offerings, and about what Jesus meant when he promised that good stewardship would result in true riches. And then thirdly, we'll look at some things that we can expect in our gatherings, whether they're in our congregations or from house to house. Because Jesus promised that when we meet together, he is present with his power, in his power. And so we'll say something about worship, prayer and prophecy, Paul's instructions about the uncovering and covering of the head, and the way in which the gifts of the Spirit can most beneficially operate when we meet Wow, there's so much to look forward to. And in just a moment and for the rest of this morning, we're going to say a few more things about the church and the word of God, the Bible. This will help set the scene for the other three sessions, because understanding a bit more about the nature of the church and the nature of the word of God is vital in empowering us to overcome in the battle for truth that is raging all around us. All of this seems to be very timely for us right now. Over the last few weeks, we've been slowly, patiently regathering. And we're nearly there. It's been great to see each other again and to see also so many new faces as as God is adding to us. What a great blessing that is. And so what better time to restate these vital truths, to remember what joins us together, to know who we are and what we believe. For some, it's been a long time since you joined us, and this will be a great reminder. For others, this will be a great introduction. These are the things that we do and will teach across our apostolic sphere, in our churches here and in Kenya, and everywhere else where God joins people in relation with us. We want to equip everybody to be able to share with others the reason for our hope. We want you to be able to talk about Jesus and his house and our home with growing confidence. Jesus urged us when he gave that um, wonderful little parable of the two types of builder, he urged us to dig down deep and build our house on a rock-solid foundation. That's in Matthew 7. And we really hope this mini-series will help us to do just that. So finally, and before I hand over to Richard in Central and Christopher in Market Harbor, here's a question that you can discuss for a few minutes in some smaller groups. The question is this, in what ways have you been blessed and encouraged by finding your home in the church? In what ways have you been blessed and encouraged by finding your home in the church? Have fun discussing that question and be very blessed this morning.